right, welcome to Old School Fun Crew tonight. Jake Uger, Mark Thompson, David Feldman, everybody. Good to see you Come guys. Come on. Very excited <laughs> to be on with David Feldman, who, uh, who nice I've known for you. many years. Yeah, nice to meet so. you, Mark. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, we're uh, old school sponsored by uh, shoptyt.com where you can get Mark's hat uh, or this new one, Mark, black on black. Okay. Ah, that's very, very tricky. Very cool, very cool. That's Shop very dope, as the kids say. That's, that's oh, really dope. Cool. Yeah. And by kids, I mean 45 year olds <laughs> probably say dope. Yeah. Yes, I, I think I agree on all fronts. Uh, I, and I think that a lot of people say that I am dope, uh, but I'm not quite sure how they mean that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and of course, speaking of dope, uh, also too strong coffee dot com slash tyt, uh, where this gorgeous handmade uh, mug made in America by a progressive uh, is wow. for sale. Uh, and we give money to progressive causes too. So too strong coffee.com slash TYT. We're apparently also sponsored by David Feldman's 13 hour podcast. Yes. And uh, Mark Thompson, The Edge with Mark Thompson. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Um, so, all right, it's guys. It's not 13 I, hours. It is. It's absolutely 13 hours. Well, how long is it normally? It's it's eight to 11 I do, hours. I do. I do. Regularly. I mean, I do, I do a six to eight hour podcast. <laughs> who twice. does a six? Who does a six to eight hour podcast? It's insanity. Because there might be a pony in all that, <laughs> as the joke goes. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So uh, there's actually another guy who does that, and that's Haas uh, Hassan Piker on Twitch. So there you go. Yeah, he does six, eight, 10, 12 hours at a time. So you're when a trailblazer. You're young you and good know. looking. When you're young and good looking, Mark, like me <laughs> and like you and Hassan. nephew, yeah. people want us. People can't get enough of Hassan and me. They, yeah, we're studs. Yeah. yeah. No, when I, you put I it that way, I really do get it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I believe the word you're looking for, David, is clamoring. They're clamoring for you guys. Yeah, they're mm -hmm. clamoring. They're not listening to Hassan or me. They're just looking at us. Yeah, we're yeah. selling well, something. There, there's a clamor for sure in David's case, <laughs> and I don't know if they're clamoring for more. But yeah, <laughs> moving on. Okay, so I'm going to start. At, well, everything is random on old school, but actually, this one's actually even is that. Probably less random than our usual topic, uh, but let me ask you guys this question: Have you heard of uh, Invermectin? Yes, plays okay. for the Knicks, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, it was the the slogan, uh, the the motto of the Roman Felix Legion. Uh, oh, that's right, Ivermectin. Oh. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, although Alan Invermectum doesn't believe in practice, <laughs> uh, so that's a different thing. But um, Ivermectin is part of a, a logical fallacy, I believe, from Ivermectum e pluribus punum. It's a little bit yeah. of, okay, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, of course, as everyone knows. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, um, so you guys know because you're in the news business, etc. Honestly, if I didn't cover the news, I'm not sure that I would have known it. I had not seen it anywhere until I started reading the articles about how Republicans were taking this medication meant for horses and that it's for deworming horses and cattle. But they had become convinced that it was better than the vaccine. 
Now, this opens up a can of worms, which good news, we have ivermectin. Yeah. <laughs> wow, well done. Deworm. <laughs> Those can of worms, but anyway. Uh, so. I love Mark's well done. <laughs> You've been in Hollywood way too long, yeah. Mark. Well done. That's certainly true. I'm waiting for that's funny. Yeah, uh, right, I'm sorry, you're right. I should have just laughed politely, you're right. Uh, <laughs> so we're already having fun. Um, so Mark is they, very competitive, by the way. Right. He's keeping right. score. Yeah. I know because he just did an episode of The Edge with Mark Thompson that was nine hours long. Yeah, so that's right. That's right. I'm getting not, on him. Yeah, right. yeah. Just too competitive. Won't do it. Do you mind? Am I allowed? Is this free wheeling here? Am I allowed to ask Mark? Absolutely free wheeling. Should, I, I will get back to my point. Maybe that's okay. the point of old school. So go. I'm going to show you how old Mark Thompson is. Do you remember the joke about the McNeil era hour going yes. from half an hour? Yeah, that's uh, that was uh, a joke, and Jank knows it too because I believe Ben has related it to Jank. It was Frank Mankiewicz who, who said it at a meeting of CPB, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. They were talking about where their money was going to go, and uh, they uh, he was at that point. Frank Mankiewicz was running NPR, our National Public Radio, of course, and. Uh, they say, well, you know, so we're going to have this kind of this much money for you know investigative stuff. We're going to have this much money for uh, international uh, offices. Uh, we're spending this much money to expand the McNeil Lara uh, report to an hour, so it'll be the McNeil Lara News Hour. And Frank Mankiewicz chirps up and says, "I thought it was an hour." <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the greatest. That's one of the, the great. Yeah. What, what do they call it now? It's it's the PBS News Hour, right? Right. Right. Okay. And yeah. it's well, Frank has another line that I absolutely loved and say on the air still to this day from time to time. And by now, everybody has forgotten where it comes from. But so Frank was Bobby Kennedy's press secretary. Of course, tragically, had to announce the news of his death and did a miraculous primary campaign for McGovern and got him to win the Democratic primary. Uh, so, uh, let alone uh, president of NPR. So, Ben's uh, dad, Frank Bank, was a total uh, legend. Um, and so, yeah, poor guy. I mean, doesn't have a great family tree, but Frank was yeah. hanging in there, right? And um, and uh, so he then later became uh, went into PR later in his career, and he was repping Oliver Stone's JFK. And the conservatives had been uh, railing against it, including Bob Novak. Uh, legendary conservative columnist and, and commentator on TV. And uh, so Frank left, left him off the invite list. Uh, uh, and Novak went anyway, thought, like, there's no way. Of course, I'm, I'm one of the grand poobahs of DC. Of course, I can go in, right? So he gets there and he's not on the list. And they're like, sorry, sir, we, we you're just not on the list. And he's like, this is outrageous and obviously ridiculous. And, and, uh, and there's got to be an error here. So Call Frank because he knows that Frank is representing the movie and get him out here. And they said, okay, fine. And then they get Frank out there and there. And he says, all right, obviously there was a mix up, let me in. And Frank says, no, I'm sorry. We just, you know, you should have applied earlier. It's a long list, very popular movie, very popular movie. You should watch it when it comes out, okay? But sorry, we don't have any room. And Bob looks at him and shakes his head and goes, Frank. 
I thought you were smarter than this. And Frank responds, wrong again, Bob. So that's why you'll hear me from time to time on the air say, wrong again, Bob. No. (laughs) Back to ivermectin. Um, So uh, there's so many angles to the story, but let's start in Hawaii. So the Lieutenant Governor uh, Josh Green has been um, besieged because he's asking people to get vaccinated. Uh, he has a, a second job. Uh, he's an emergency room doctor, and and he was just on MSNBC and he said, uh, everyone who's my patients uh, from coronavirus are unvaccinated, and uh, almost all of them regret it. Uh, and and you know, but it's too late. You know, you can't get vaccinated after you're already sick, and and of course, a lot of them die. Um, and um, and we just had a couple prominent. People, relatively prominent people die. There was the head of the South Carolina Republican Party who was very against vaccines, gets it from his deathbed. He's like, please take vaccines, he dies. Phil Valentine, a conservative talk show host, um, even did a joke parody of Taxman from the Beatles and did Vaxman and made fun of vaccines. Got it from his deathbed, said, uh, my bad, everybody take vaccines and then died. Um, that just happened. Um, so Josh Green is the lieutenant governor and a doctor, and he's seeing it every day. So he's of course telling people to take vaccines, and he says um, a huge percentage of people that uh, come into his office uh, ask for ivermectin. So they say, nope, uh, vaccine. That's what all the doctors are saying. So obviously, I'm not buying it. Um, I'm going to go for the thing that the veterinarians are talking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is gonna lead to a question to you guys about what to do about these folks, uh, which is a common question. But uh, but first- um, Well, it's Josh Green, Dr. Green. He's an emergency room physician. But has he, he is done, an emergency room but physician. But has he done his own research on the internet? I mean, I don't trust anybody who hasn't done their own research on the internet. He He just has a medical degree. Yeah, that is a very fair point. And I don't know if he's gonna know all the conservative blogs on Facebook. And so he does seem a little untrustworthy. And that's why protesters gather around his house, you'll be excited to find out. And so they're protesting, stop trying to save our lives. Stop trying to save our <laughs> lives. And when we had Ben Gleeberg, another comic on on Friday. I saw that, that was funny. Yeah, and he went to the restaurant down in Orange County that bans people who've been vaccinated or wearing masks. He wore a mask and they literally ripped it off his face and shoved him out the door. And he and he was hilarious, he kept saying, I'm sorry, I was trying to protect you. I'm so sorry, I'll never do it again. I promise I'll never protect you again. Right. Okay. Ben is great, Ben is a great. Now, what, what, what we couldn't get Ben today, how do, how do we end up with David? Is that a- um, <laughs> Ben is so funny. I'm a poor man's Ben Glebe. That's (laughs) how I get introduced. (laughs) I'm sorry, I digress. Anyway, so you're talking about ivermectin. Yeah, so this is gonna take a dark turn. Of course, anything with conservatives takes a dark turn. So they put flyers around the neighborhood uh, and some of them called them a fraud, uh, of course. Um, Anybody wanna guess uh, what some of the flyers called them? What they call Dr. Green? Yes. 
Well, I mean, uh, I would assume. I mean, I guess uh, uh, I'm guessing fascist. Um, uh, you know, something related to uh, fascism or uh, you know Hitler. No. No, yeah. No. So, Mark, that's a fair guess, uh, but. Uh, we're going to go in the opposite direction, uh, and the conservative mind is a little simpler than that. So, Marxist? Uh, no, that's a fair <laughs> guess, given what I said. No, uh, they just uh, the flyers accused him of being a Jew. I, you know, I that was my first instinct because I am a Jew. Uh, sorry, I must have a little COVID there. A Jew. <coughs> I'm sneezing there. Uh, yeah, I thought Green Greenberg. I, that was where I wanted to go, but uh, I thought let's let's not. Yeah, QAnon is is basically uh, an anti-Semitic. That's what it's all about. Yep, I've said this many times before. Uh, Walter Masterson, another comic, uh, uh, we've talked to him a couple of times, used him once or twice, and he he does this thing where he dresses up as MAGA or or QAnon, and he goes in and he. Talks to them, they already say crazy things when he's especially when they think he's one of them. And then he turns off the camera and then he asks them, okay, what do you think is really happening? And they always say, it's the Jews. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, no, we're in a super dark place in America, super dark place. I mean, they like where people feel comfortable putting up a flyer saying, don't trust the doctor because he's a Jew. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's mental in two different ways. And and significant. That's the only reason to trust a Jew is if he's a doctor. <laughs> Take it from me. <laughs> I'm a James globalist, and I can assure you, <laughs> as a member of the cosmopolitan elite, trust trust a Jewish doctor. Yeah. Um, so, guys, how do we how do we talk to these people, or don't we? Right. Because like now I'm a little afraid to talk to them um, because so I've said this a bunch of times on the show too. I got a neighbor who's got a QAnon bumper sticker. I vote him like he's COVID. Um, so I inject myself with ivermectin and walk around the neighborhood. Uh, no, like seriously, I never talk to him because only bad things can come of it. Um, but but this has infected a, a ton of people. This is a different virus, right? And um, and I don't mean the anti-Semitic people. I mean, what are you going to do with those folks? You, of course, you can't talk to them. They've lost their minds. Uh, but, um, but let's start with something simple. Do you guys have folks in your lives personally uh, that are anti-vax that have not taken it? I know people who have not. Yeah, I know people who have not. I know um, uh, people who have uh, who do the whole and the dance is you know similar. I think in all cases do the. I'm gonna let my immune system, you know, we've been given this great immune system and this gets in the way of it. I don't know a lot of people. I think I just I can think of two in the same family, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but they're out there. I mean, I think the, you know, the Venn diagram of those people does overlap my life in a very uh, small way, but it does, yeah. Yeah, I, used to have a lot, I had a lot of friends who were anti-vaxxers. Uh, they're dead now, so no, I don't really know too many anti-vaxxers. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I, I we're in a dark place, so dark uh, uh, comedy makes sense. And, no, I'm and being serious. <laughs> that wasn't. <laughs> no, no, you're really. Are you serious? No, no. Here's here's the deal. I'm a malignant narcissist, and I know these people because I can relate to the these 
ignoramuses because I'm an ignoramus. And the worst thing you can do to an ignoramus like me is ignore me. If you, I need to own you. And if I can't own you and mess with your mind and gaslight you, I have no purpose for living. So if you have a neighbor who says he's QAnon and he can't own you, he's completely lost. If you just go, that's great, man, that's great. So have a kids, have a, just accept them. And uh, that worked in the 30s in Nazi Germany, by the way. Just own, <laughs> no, I'm joking about it. I think for the most part, I'm, I think if you ignore the, no. No, you disagree with, I think if you ignore the QAnon people and they can't own you, you're hurting them. Yeah, look, so there's different anti-vaxxers for different reasons from different cultures. So I'm a really good friend of mine is anti-vaxxer, but he's Turkish. So he's not trying to own the libs. He doesn't care about the politics of it at all. And he just loves conspiracy theories. He believes them, he thinks I'm a sucker for not believing them. And mind you, he got vaccinated. And the reason he got vaccinated is because he got coronavirus. And so he didn't quite believe it. He thought it was real, but that it was, you know, something to do with the government, of course, and the masks were totally useless. Come to find out, the masks were useful. And, you know, he texted me from the hospital bed saying, Jenk, make sure you wear a mask. And then when the vaccine came out, even though he was against vaccines, he's like, yeah, that almost dying thing was not pleasant. So I'm just in case maybe I'll get the vaccine. And he did, so thank God, and I love it. Uh, but it's funny that he felt the need to text you. I love how they always feel like they need to text people who are already telling them the message that they were pushing back against. Don't text right. me, man, text the people who you're listening to 24 seven in your confirmation bias world where you just seek out information that confirms this ridiculousness that you already believe. You know, that's that, those aren't the people he texts. He texts Jank, who is already out in front on this thing. Right. I know that that's his way of saying my bad, right? Yeah. Okay. So but bless his heart, right? And there are people, I guess, what are they, about 70 million now, 80 million who still haven't gotten vaccinated. A lot of them don't have the luxury to take a day off to get vaccinated and maybe take the the next day off after you get that second jab where you're you're not feeling 100%. So not not everybody who's unvaccinated is to blame. There's a so that's, that's a spin that is uh and I know you're not spinning. I know you're making a substantive point, so I don't mean to diminish it. No, I'm just it. trying to come across as woke. Just yeah, to I, I was going to say it, it may apply to some people. I'm sure it does apply to some people. But in general, the people I'm seeing who are taking time off to attend a rally in New York, a rally in Pennsylvania, a rally for the weekend, you know, this is a this is a crew that has the time. They have the time to get a jab. They have the time to then call in sick if they have some kind of side effect that prevents them from rallying for work. I don't know. I think that that's that's weak sort of. Uh, excuse for not but doing it at this point. Come across as sensitive, at least. Yeah, you did though. It did. Okay. I thought it was effective. Yeah, Good. Thank it was you. A, very yes. sensitive. Well and done. Even handed. Even handed. Yes, yeah. even handed. Not, not, right. Like not only that, I thought you were actually a bit tender. Thank you. Mm. And you can't see the bile that's bubbling up inside of me. <laughs> no, you. Good. You've okay. really, you've really developed Thank the skill. You. You're choking that down. <laughs> 
And, and you're actually the most pleasant, uh, calm, malignant narcissist I've ever Thank seen. You. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I know actual malignant narcissists who also used to work here, but that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> so, who might be an anti vaxxer? <laughs> that's right. And talked about ivermectin with Tucker Carlson. Uh, so, yay, <laughs> left wing. Anyways, um, so, uh, so, but my, but like that gives you a sense of how insular we are that my anti vaxxer friend got vaccinated. <laughs> so, I barely run into these folks, but they're 40% of Republicans say they will never take the vaccine in a recent poll. Well, the reason, I don't mean to interrupt, but the reason that that's so bizarre to me, I mean, not the Republican Democrat thing or whatever, is that the numbers are so damning. I mean, it's just so overwhelmingly the case that the hospitals are overflowing with people who are all, I mean, what you can say it almost to a person, all those. Who haven't received the vaccine? You know, so I just think that I don't know how you stand up against those kinds of facts. Um, well, you don't know about valor. My uncle Morty is an anti, was an anti-vaxer and a Republican, and he died this morning. I went to the hospital, and he was an anti-vaxer. He refused to get the vaccine, and the the sweet death on his face. He looked at me as he died, and he said, "Take that, Joe Biden." That's those were his last words. Take that, Joe Biden, and that's yeah. a beautiful death. Yeah, he owned the libs. You're saying he right owned the libs. Take that. Yeah. Those were his, and and that's going to be on his tombstone. Take that, lib. <laughs> or that is a beautiful. That is a. It's a sweet story. death. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So as I hear that story, him. obviously I'm bummed that I never got to meet Uncle Morty. Yeah. He sounds uh, he sounds lovely, uh, but in in that joke is uh, is. Some truth, obviously, and that's that's why David's good comic. But uh, that that they are doing it to own the libs, and they're literally killing themselves to own the libs. And if there's one thing that unites Republican voters, even more so than fear or hatred, it's owning the libs. And and so this is our voter suppression. They see we're playing three dimensional chess with the Republicans and I'm gonna spill the beans. I, I understand there are some Republicans who watch. This is our form of voter suppression. It's very quaint the way you're passing these laws, no Sunday voting, you know, discourage the black churches from getting it. That's beautiful, that's cute, but we're, we're playing a whole other level of voter suppression with the Republicans. The vaccines. Mm. We we create vaccines that work just so you won't take them, and then on top of that, we create deworming medicine for horses just so that you will take them. Exactly. You keep scrubbing the voter rolls and making it harder for Black people to vote Republicans. It's really cute, but this vaccine thing. You come 2022. Let's see how many Republicans. Can lift a, a ballot to vote on election now, day. That also has a serious element to it, which is <laughs> like no joke in Arizona and Georgia to and Wisconsin, razor thin states, purple states, where Biden won by razor thin margin, and and Trump in the previous election had won by razor thin margin. So this these are getting decided by a couple thousand votes. 
-hmm. and the whole presidential election is. And they just killed a couple of hundred to a couple of thousand voters, almost all Republicans in Georgia, Arizona, and Wisconsin. And let alone Florida, where they killed a hell of a lot more than that. It's it's less of a swing state these days, but it can be. And and they're trying real hard to make it swing. And and then what's amazing, God, guys, like we've gotten used to it. But the reason I wanted to have a conversation about it here is because when you step out outside of our bubble of like having lived in America and lived through all of these experiences. When you step outside of that for a second, it is just phenomenal. If you told people, if you told me five years ago, let alone 10, 20 years ago, hey, the Republican Party is gonna get, get to a point or either party is gonna get to a point where they celebrate the governor of Florida and, and he's the leading candidate for the Republicans other than Donald Trump because he his negligence killed the most amount of people per capita. Like he would not protect their health. Then his own voters died in in the thousands because he gave them the wrong information and they loved him for it. I mean, if you put it in a movie, no one would have believed it. Mark owns stock in the monoclonal antibody drug that yeah. DeSantis is pushing. So I think you've you've crossed yes. the line there. Let me speak on his behalf. First of all, yeah, order it by name, even if you're not sick yet. The monoclonal antibody, yeah. you'll just want to. But by the way, I think you could you could spin that, which is that DeSantis cares so much about freedom and your individual freedom that he's willing to sacrifice his own voters and his own political future to make that point. You see what I did there, Jenk? I just took the grim reality which you point to which is accurate I mean, everything you said was accurate and i just spun it and that's the world we live in now you know i mean that uh, sure you're you know someone who uh, wants to uh, prop up these petty dictatorships and you know from california to all the other lib states uh, you can't stand the fact that we're free in florida to you know, if we want to head down toward the light at the end of the uh, the life tunnel, we can do it. I mean, it, it, to me, it's just another level of insanity. The problem is that you know these case rates are running so high in Florida and Texas and other parts of the South, and and you know we're all swimming in the same pond. It's the same thing with environmental uh, destruction that we're doing. That it's just a uh, that is dragging us all down. It's dragging us all down as a country. It's the effects, the ripple effects are substantial and and seem, you know, that they it's hard to quell them. I mean, I don't know that you will. Hey, so, did you read the New York Times? It was like two weekends ago. I'm not making this up. That coffins, that 80% of all coffins are made by just two companies. Did you see that? It was on the op-ed page. No, big, no. I'm not making a big coffin. There's a thing called big coffin. I'm, I'm not talking about the Phil Valentine, the, the radio host who had COVID. That's a different type of big coffin. But there's actually big coffin. Two makers. That's it. All the you're coffins. Saying that that the, the, you're saying that the consolidation that's happened in media and other corporate entities and how they've gobbled up everything. You're saying it's happened in that world of in in the, the coffin, coffin making industry. business. Yeah, I'm just saying, and I, we should look into that because I would assume that they might be behind this. Oh yeah, I know about big coffee because Jane uh -huh. talks about it all the time. The too strong coffee. But, I mean, um, didn't know about big coffin. 
Yeah, it, Big Coffee is the only big that's good, uh, other than Biggie Smalls. I, I mean, he he. There was irony there. There was a lot of good things about Biggie Smalls, uh, but Big I Sugar. I thought we needed to break up Biggie Smalls. Quite frankly, <laughs> I was there at Peterson, the Peterson Auto Museum, when when they try to break up Biggie. Smalls. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he was notorious, so I think that's. No, <laughs> oh, wow, wow. <laughs> so um, yeah, twostrongcoffee.com/slash/tyt. Okay, um, so uh, maybe, but if you think about it again, dark humor, but it makes sense. Like, unfortunately, uh, endless wars, climate change that's leading to one disaster after another, killing people all across the world. Uh, the fires, you know, are part of that, uh, and and now not taking the vaccine. What is it? Who? What's the one uniting thing? It helps big coffin. It helps big coffin. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so the Republican Party been working for big coffin for quite a while now. So, but all this is supposed to lead to not the politics of it, that's easy and obvious, right? Of course, you take the vaccine, they're dumb for not taking it, of course, right? But what do we do with each other? I mean, can we live together as a country? Am I, am I, so in my case with my friend, it's it's kind of easy because uh, he calls me an idiot, I call him an idiot, and we move on, and and we have a great relationship outside of the fact that uh, he thinks I'm an idiot and I think he's an idiot. Um, so that's fine. We have a detente on that, right? Uh, and he's not from America. He's not doing it to own the libs or anything like that. It's just he loves conspiracies. Okay. Um, so, but here in America, I I don't know a single anti-vaxer, and if I did. I think I would lose all respect for them instantly. Um, so are we never supposed to talk to Republicans again? Are we- Well, it's hard to kiss and make up with somebody who's not vaccinated. Yeah, but I mean, again, quite literally, I mean, it's a joke, but it's not. Um, and uh, and so Mark, you're, you're generally a, a better man than I am. Um, I can't speak for David yet, uh, but- um, so no, you're a better you're a better man than I am. <laughs> so, I, what what do we do with our neighbors? What do we do with uh, you know, some giant percentage of the country that is just not living in the real world? Yeah, this is a this is an issue. I um, I look when you say, I mean, I know what you mean. I'm I'm kind of a I don't want to say move along, get along, but I am sort of like try to find a way to connect to people. I enjoy people, and so I try to get away from those things that are the sharpest edges around people. And I find that there are still ways to enjoy each other's company without getting into these things that you know rub you up against the sharp edges. Now, as we become more dug in, and as our life becomes increasingly defined by some of these big issues. One of which is, I mean, a public health emergency. It's hard, you know, it's hard to do that dance. It's one thing to avoid politics, okay? You know, we're getting together with the, you know, uh, the, the Eucharist tonight. Don't uh, don't mention anything about politics because you know, Jenk is a crazy progressive, and we're nutty conspiracy theorist alt writers. But we still love his two strong coffee, and so we enjoy them. That's a uh, you can find some kind of enjoyable evening there. The reason that 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 parallel doesn't hold up, and I will wrap up here in a second, is because so much of your life 
and so many um, things that you like to speak of are things that are going on right now, you know, in the culture, in the politics. So in the case that I just given, it probably wouldn't work that well. But if you can find some sort of world of interaction that doesn't involve some of these sharp edges, I think that's the gateway to making change. You know, really, you're not going to, and not that you should always be having making change on your agenda, but I'm just saying making no attempt to connect with people, that's certainly not a way to get to any better place. So difficult though it is, it would be nice if we could interact on whatever level. Maybe it's food, maybe, you know, but in a, in a perfect world, I think that's what you want to do. You know, I'm a, I'm a uh, optimist. I, I, when I think of COVID, I, I say the lungs are half empty. I'm an, uh, an optimist. <laughs> and so let me write that one down. As David, a reminder. tell the story <laughs> about, you know, David <laughs> wrote me, for- I want to write that uh, one you down. You want to make your a, point? I want to write I, that down as a, as a reminder not to ever do that joke again. <laughs> David used to write for Steve Martin, as you know, uh, and, uh, and, and Martin Short and, and a bunch of other people. But I mean, he's regularly written for, you know, these, these huge names. And Steve Martin used to write you emails going, this bit really worked. Thank you so much, David, or great idea here. What did you, will you tell, maybe this doesn't come across, but I thought that was a great thing that you then said to Steve Martin. You recall what you told him? No. You said, uh, Steve, I appreciate all the emails, but could you send me a thank you note handwritten? Because I, it's too expensive for me to nail all of the computers to the wall to show everybody <laughs> right, to get a letter from <laughs> to get a letter from to show yeah. to show yeah. everybody that the I have emails from Steve Martin. So the, David uh, is a very talented comedy writer. Yeah, so. you, the the thing about I am optimistic. I, I seriously am about the arguing because if we can have free tuition at our public universities, I think there's a natural curiosity that. All Americans have, and it's a good thing to be debating and arguing and not marching in lockstep, and to have the the beginnings of critical thinking. Which it is, it is in all seriousness. I think the fact that we're not getting along on scientific issues, as dangerous as it is, and on political issues, as dangerous as that is, it can be turned into a good thing. Well, David, they're not elevated conversations of, tour, but, but we uh, of the sort elevate. that you're referring. No, we can uh, elevate those conversations. Uh, uh, but you're not talking about people, if you had only had free college, you would have uh, you know, elevated conversation. I just don't think that uh, in, in many of the discourses that are now dominating information and, uh, and the public airwaves, I don't think you're, uh, it's not a question of education. It's a question I think of confirmation bias and as Jenk was saying earlier, owning the other side. And you have to agree to whatever ever facts and set of facts that you need to agree to, to own the other side. But you had a bad experience at college because you were homeschooled. But I'm talking about most people <laughs> who got a college degree at a public university. I see, well, maybe you're be, right then. You, your parents homeschooled you. To get your dental degree, I believe, right? Yes, thank you very much. Dental degree, and, and, uh, you, and you can, I believe, you you're qualified to practice dentistry in communities where there are no teeth. If I'm not 
mistaken. I see. Well, yeah, I, I haven't received any uh, official uh, certification, but uh, but thank you for that. I, uh, uh, but I dispute your initial point, sir. And uh, uh, but I maybe not with the uh, vigor that I did initially. I, I think that you do need to. Uh, I love the idea that you can mix it up, and through the mixing it up, you get to a better place. I just think these days, have you seen the mix up? Have you seen the conversations? Have you seen the back and forth? They're just, if you're looking at a different set of facts and you can't even agree to budge a little bit on either side, tough to get to some kind well, of- So maybe it's, in all seriousness, maybe we have an obligation to elevate the debate on our side. If we're gonna engage with people on the other side, instead of trying to prove that we're smarter or morally superior, Maybe there's a way, I don't know how, maybe there's a way to engage the other side. I think Bernie would could tell you how to communicate with the other side. He did really well on Fox News at the town hall with Brett Baer. He knows how to communicate with the other side. So is this about our side winning and proving that we're better or trying to improve the country? David makes yeah. a really good point, Jank. That's the first really good point that David's made. I want to. I didn't mean what I said, by the way. No, but that it. Bernie thing is a key point, isn't it, Jank? I, mean, I take it, it for back, real. Man. Yeah. So, uh, look, there's a, a lot I want to say about what David said. So, first, um, there, there's long-term value in the discussions and debates, etc. Because, uh, you know, I take myself as an example. I grew up as a Republican in in New Jersey. Back in the 80s and 90s, and then uh, I had some great. Well, that's teachers. a double negative, so that's a positive. A Republican from New Jersey is a double negative, so that's a good thing. That's a positive. There you go. Uh, I I won't accept that joke actually on behalf of New Jersey. You I'm from New I, Jersey. I'm from. Oh England. yeah, that's right. That's right. I, then I reverse it and I accept it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. That's right. Um, so now. Uh, but I had this great poli sci teacher, John Calamano, and he got us to open our minds and discuss and debate and planted a seed. And then a seed grow into the oak that's my head now. Um, so <laughs> um, <laughs> take that as you will. Uh, but but seriously, in the long term, it works. In the short term, it's pretty hard. Uh, one of my ideas is to restart the draft. and. That would hurt Big Coffin in a couple of ways. Number one, if we restart the draft, we ain't going to no wars. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. And if you made it so that rich people could not get out under penalty of law from the draft, then we ain't going to no wars. Like even if we get invaded, we wouldn't go, right? <laughs> so, um, and uh, but the second reason is because it, it brought us together. World War II didn't just Hey, the draft didn't just help us beat the Nazis and win the war and change history and all these wonderful things that happened. But uh, but also it brought kids from Brooklyn and Kansas and uh, black and brown and uh, white uh, kids together and made them know each other and uh, and empathize with one another. So we've got to bring us back together because we're all in our completely different bubbles and and we're not talking to one another. Etc. Now, but David, on the can other I, hand, can I, can I just address that for one second? Because I, in all seriousness, I feel very passionate about bringing back the draft, and not just because I hate my children. I I agree with you a hundred percent that because my father served, and one of the things that the greatest generation 
learned is not to trust authority figures. They, they, they didn't trust heroes. They knew my father would look at General Milley or General Austin and know that these guys are full, full, full of it. That's what a draft does. It teaches you a healthy disrespect for people who hide behind their medals. Yeah, it's ironically, I talked earlier today, you guys will see it tomorrow, or the audience will at 5.30 when you see the conversation. I talked to Richard Orgetta, who has 16 medals. And he said the same thing you're saying, David. He's like, you know, he did tons of tours in Afghanistan, Iraq, many other places. That's how he got the 16 medals. And he's like, you know, you go there, you know that command is full of crap, right? And you know that the this war is a total waste. He said when he got there, they had gotten bin Laden, I think he said when when he was on the plane. And so he lands and a guy says, did you hear? And he said, what? He said, they, we got bin Laden. And he's like, "Oh, that's great, when are we going home? Mm-hmm. And, that, and that was a decade ago because when he knew, he and when he said, look, you know, everybody knew. I don't know that. And where is Obama? What part of Afghanistan is Abbottabad? They got they got Osama bin Laden in Abbottabad. Yeah. What, what, what part of Afghanistan is that? Well, exactly. David, you're going to be surprised to find out it's not in Afghanistan. It's in a completely different country. What? I know. I know. This is now. Wait for this loop. Did you know that 15 out of the 19 hijackers were not Afghans? Um, they were, they were yeah, they were Iraqis. They were sent by Saddam Hussein. No, funny enough, zero of them were from Iraq and zero of them were from Afghanistan. What? Out of the, I know it's 15 out of the 19 were was from Saudi Arabia, which you'll never guess is actually one of our top allies, David. <laughs> that's that can't be true. So that's why I say, you know, like they say, oh, Trump with the big lie and and Trump with the all the lies, etc. Dude, the establishment invented the big lie and and all those lies. Like, some didn't attack us on Iraq, and another mainstream media were freaking out about that lie, and let alone weapons of mass destruction, etc. But to me, that the him attacking us on 9/11 was a much much bigger lie because it was super clear that he did not. And I'll never let this go. Seventy percent of the country believed when we invaded Iraq. That Saddam Hussein had personally attacked us on 9/11. Right. So that, well, and then you wonder why people don't then. trust vaccines. Then Thank you. you. I was going to make the same point exactly, David. That's right. But but guys, that's look. We're out of time. But that's a that point is super real. That is what part of why they don't trust vaccines because the mainstream media has been telling them their whole lives that politicians are wonderful, honorable people that they're having real principled debates. Uh, and that the millions of dollars that they're getting never affects them, and because they're so honorable, and those kinds of lies are so transparent to any real person in America that unless you're totally brainwashed by mainstream media, which is a different cult, but it really is, it is a cult. It's a and it's arguably a larger cult, right? Unless you were brainwashed by mainstream media, you would never believe that. And so after a while, and I'll give Republicans the most ironic credit here, and hence maybe the beginning of our detente at some point, which is that they caught on to the mainstream media being liars before anybody else did. And they're like, "Oh, you're telling me politicians aren't corrupt, that they're really having principled debates. Nah, 
You members, got- I think you'll love the next episode. TYT.com slash join to become a member or hit the join button below on YouTube. We'll see you there.